Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, so thank you for tuning in. Chomp is the bit. I'm Kyle Letters, of course. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the NBA. The conference finals have been set. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at that. By doing that, we're going to take a look at the Eastern Conference matchup as that uh, series gets started on Tuesday. And the Western Conference starts on Wednesday. So kind of break down those, get into, you know, players to look for. I guess the matchup to watch and of course I'll give you my predictions but before we do that I'll take a look back at the second round see how I did with my predictions on those four series um, I'll probably dedicate some time to talk about Chris Paul because he's been a topic that you know that was on everybody's minds if you watch like the sports debate shows today and, um, yeah, we'll just kind of see where everything goes from there. So, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and, um, let me see, where should we start? All right, so you know what? Let's go ahead and start with, um, let's start with the Heat Sixers because, um, that was kind of the series that was probably the least interesting out of the four. And the overwhelming story as the Heat won that in six games, which is what I predicted. So I got that one correct in the right number of games and everything. But I mean, I kind of knew the Heat are a more complete team than the Sixers. The Sixers are Joel Embiid who was, you know, wasn't 100% Joel Embiid with the face fracture, the thumb injury and all that. So he did what he could. But the focus became James Harden because James Harden didn't play the way that a lot of people thought he was going to, even though, if I mean, you guys know I'm not the biggest James Harden fan. But it's going to be interesting to see the offseason, you know, does – uh, just James Harden, you know, get in the gym, better shape, and do we see a slimmer James Harden next season, or do we see the same version of James Harden next season, which if we do, the Sixers are going to be in probably more trouble because the current James Harden has issues, you know, dribbling by defenders, and because of that, he can't really create his own shot. And he's an inefficient shooter. So that's the Philly part of it uh, for the Heat. Like I said, they didn't have Kyle Lowry a lot of the series as he's been hobbled with a hamstring injury, which we'll have to see how that affects them going into the Easter Conference Finals. 
but they were able to, you know, go at the Sixers with a, I guess, balanced attack. You know, Butler, uh, Struess gave them production. Tyler Hero, who's been a little off this playoff so far, but I mean, he's still a guy who. I mean, he might, he might be Miami's most important player because. He is one of the Heat players that has some ability to create their own shot. Not a lot of guys on this team can do that. And because of that, they rely a lot on off-ball action or pick and roll, that kind of stuff. So, so the Heat, like I said, the Spence of the Sixers and Six. And go ahead and look at the other Eastern Conference uh, matchup which was the Celtics and the Bucks. I had the Celtics in six, they won it in seven. This was easily the best series of the fir- of the second round. As both teams, you know, hang their hat on the defensive end. And for Milwaukee, each game was defined by Giannis's production. Whereas with the Celtics we got uh game one was I think Jalen Brown was their best player in game one. Game two was the Marcus Smart. Three was Tatum. Four. Hold on, how did it go? No, I think that's wrong. But either way, they had a Jalen Brown game, they had a couple of Tatum games, they had a Horford game, they had a Grant Williams game, they had a, I think a Marcus Smart game, so they were able to come at the Bucks with more than one guy that the Bucks really had to look out for, and unfortunately the Bucks couldn't get consistent production from their other players. Holiday was okay in this series, he wasn't he wasn't great for Milwaukee to have pulled this one out. I mean, they would have needed Holiday to probably be the third best player in this series, knocking on the door of being the second best player. But if you had to be honest with yourself, uh, if you wanted to, however you wanted to rank Giannis or Tatum, one or two, those are the two best players. I'd probably say Brown was better than Holiday. And. Um, yeah, I guess you'd probably say Holiday might be fourth. Um, you can always put Grant and Horford together because those two had the defensive assignment on Giannis for the most part. But um, another big story in this series was Ime on the Celtics bench had a you know multi-layered attack for the Bucks whereas Boonholzer for the Bucks every game you knew what you're gonna get it was gonna be uh, Giannis bringing the ball up for the most part to try to get ahead of steam going to break down the wall that the Celtics are gonna try to set up for him and then at, but then at that point it's gonna be can Giannis make a jump shot can he find a path to the rim 
will a call be made one way or the other and that's basically where the bucks production hung on those aspects whereas like i said celtics it was uh at moments brown needed to give them scoring he could do that then it would have been tatum give them scoring then it was tatum playmaking for williams horford smart smart playmaking to get the offense going so the bucks had multiple things to look out for even though they did get burned in terms of three-point shooting from the celtics on in most of the games there was a couple of games where they struggled where the bucks were able to win but um but yeah, it was a great series. Unfortunately, it wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that would have made this series even better. But um, hey, beggars can't be choosers. Um, I mean, now for the Bucks going home, of course, they're going to have to think about. I'm trying to think. Who, I think Bobby Portis is probably their most important free agent. So what do they do there? I think they have Grayson Allen and a couple other guys who are free. Pat Connaughton, at least a free agent. So this group got Milwaukee the ring last year, came up short this year. Do they run it back or do they make some changes around the edges? And Boonholzer, I mean, we'll see if he deploys the same defense next season because teams have seen, you know, how you can be successful against it. But um, uh, let's go ahead and take a look out west before coming back to uh, the conference finals. So we got Maverick Suns, which was probably the most was no, was the most surprising of the four series in the second round. I was about to say most might have been surprising, but no, it was. A clear surprise to everybody. Uh, the Suns had a 2-0 lead. And a lot of people were looking at, you know, who they're going to play in the Western Conference Finals. And some were even thinking who would come out of the East to play the Suns in the Finals. But something happened. I know a lot of people have been talking about, um, I guess, Chris Paul's birthday. I believe was the day before Game 3 which then coincided coincided with his production completely flattening out. I believe after the first two games, Chris Paul averaged like nine points, I think like four and a half assists or something like that, and that's just not going to cut it. Um, I do think an interesting aspect to this, uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Pat Patrick Beverly was on first take. Uh, Monday and I didn't get a chance to watch it live of course you know working and everything but I did see the clips on YouTube after and Patrick Beverly I mean yeah I give him credit he kept it real as he said he basically let it be known that the Suns aren't a team that scare anybody which is something that I can kind of agree with because after they lost the series last year against Milwaukee 
I think the first thing that I tweeted out was like I had a sneaky suspicion that this group of the Suns that was their best chance to win a title because I'm not completely sold on them one I'm not sold on Chris Paul uh, this is now his fifth well the fifth time that one of his teams has had a 2-0 lead and has ended up losing that series which I believe is the most in NBA history and there has to be something to say about that there should be something said about that because most people say he's the best point guard in the league the best floor general but I'd have to say one of the duties of a floor general would be putting your team in the best situation to win so if they're up 2-0 and then they all of a sudden choke the lead away or whatever and end up losing the series five times on teams he's been on some of that has to fall on him yes there's been other circumstances uh, a couple of times he um believe had injuries and all that which this series you know game seven we found out at least it was reported that supposedly chris paul dealt with a quad injury not sure when it happened or all that but you know that's that's a story now and the biggest thing with this one was it's not even the fact that Phoenix lost it was just the way that it ended game 7 with them losing by they lost by 33 but for a lot of this game it was hovering around 50 and to do that on your home floor that's that's pretty embarrassing and that's coming off of losing by about 30 in Dallas on game six. So back-to-back games, they get blown out. And now there's some serious questions with Phoenix because DeAndre Ayton is a free agent. And to be honest with you, I'm not the biggest DeAndre Ayton fan. Um... You know, I'm not. Um, Aiden, at times, I I just don't know what it is. It's like something's lacking there, because in this Dallas series, you would have thought that he would have been a guy who could have, you know, made a presence down low. Because Dallas isn't exactly the biggest team. But it almost seemed like the fact that Dallas was smaller forced Aiton, I guess, further down the food chain for Phoenix. And supposedly Aiton's looking for big money. But coming off of this series, I can't see how any team would be comfortable giving him that, giving him that kind of money. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Does Phoenix make him an offer? Does he leave in free agency? Then you have Chris Paul who said he's coming back. But should Phoenix really want him back? That's something Phoenix is going to have to ask himself. I'm assuming because of him being who he is, they'll bring him back. And 
I just don't see where the changes are going to come on this team. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Phoenix come next year. Because no matter what they do in the regular season, nobody's going to care. Not at all. I mean, they could go out and go 81 and 1. And sure, it'll, you know, have some headlines for it, but everybody's not going to be watching to see what does Chris Paul do in the playoffs next year with Phoenix if they get there, of course. Because now uh, I think more people will be more, more aware of his shortcomings in certain playoff series. And once again, this is another one to add to that list. And unfortunately, that's going to be a part of his story. Um, you know, some may make excuses for him, but you got to be real with yourself. And Chris Paul coming up small in this series. I mean, Luka Doncic took every opportunity to go at Chris Paul and, you know, Dallas had the ball and Chris Paul could do nothing against them. Um, they were leaving wide open shooters like Bullock and Finney Smith all series. It, it was not not a good look for them. Uh, for Dallas, you know, Luke is in the Western Conference Finals. That's a big deal. I'm sure the NBA, you know, Adam Silver is happy to see that. Um, of course, the key for them going forward, keeping up the production of the others because we know Luka can get you 35-40 a game, but he's going to need a running mate with him. Doesn't have to be the same person, of course. You know, you can kind of go the Celtics way where maybe one game it's Brunson who goes off for like 20-25. Next game, Bullock or Benny Smith, something like that. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. But um, uh, last series out west was the Warriors-Grizzlies series, which ended in six with the Warriors winning in six, which I predicted, so I got that one. So I went three and one in the second round. Um, I mean, the main story for this one is good learning experience for the Grizzlies. They're a young team. They're an experienced group. So making the second round, playing the Warriors pretty tough. It was pretty tough six-game series. Uh, they're going to have to get John Morant healthy. Of course, that's going to be a big thing. But, um, so yeah, I mean, Memphis is a team that should be around for a little bit out west. But, um, but it's not going to be easy. And they shouldn't take it that way. That's going to be easy either. Uh, this should just fuel the team to get better. Uh, better in terms of probably late game situations. Um, shot selections, shot selection at times was an issue for Memphis. And I mean, there's a lot of emotions in this Warrior series. And like I said, at times, Memphis, it did get the best of them. But like I said, that's all things you learn with experience. So they'll take what they did here. Um, you got to get through the grind of the regular season next season. Hopefully they put themselves back in this position and we'll be able to play better 
and you know make the Western Conference Finals or something like that. But now expectations with Memphis are definitely at that level where they're going to have to make it back to the second round next season. And fans will be expecting probably a Western Conference Finals appearance. Um, for Golden State, like I said, um, they have their big three with Clay, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. But now they have, I mean, a fourth guy in Jordan Poole who is able to pick up the slack when, you know, Curry may have an off shooting night or Clay may have an off shooting night. Um, Poole is able to, you know, fill in for whichever one of those Splash Brothers struggles. And he's going to be an important part to see if they can win a title this year. Um, uh, Steve Kerr I know is back because he missed the last couple of games he was in health and safety protocols and all that so Mike Brown coached uh, he was I don't know, it was only two games so I can't really be critical of him either way uh, interesting to see because he did get the Sacramento Kings coaching job see what he does out there um, I mean, that's a team that is still in the very early stages of, I mean, I guess it's a extended rebuild of the, that they've been going through. So we'll see what kind of influence Mike Brown has out there. But, um, but the Warriors are moving on, Western Conference Finals. And I guess we'll go ahead and get into those series. So let's start out West. So we're getting the Warriors versus the Mavericks. And it's going to be interesting because there are some potential matchup questions that I want to see how each team answers those come Wednesday. Uh, one, you know, who does Steve Kerr put on Luka Doncic? You probably don't want to put Steph Curry because Luke is bigger than him. Do you put Clay Thompson? Uh, would you go Draymond Green? I could see that. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be, you'll see probably in spots, moments where the Warriors will probably hope, wish they had uh, Gary Payton on the team because he's a wing player who a little bit more defensive minded so he would have been and he has size to him so he would have probably been a guy you could have put on Luka but, but we'll see what kind of game plan Kerr comes up with uh, then on the flip side you know Luka isn't the best defensively so who do you put him on to probably conserve as much of his energy as you can but not get embarrassed with him being out there, of course. So, um, Curry out. Thompson wouldn't put him on him. Would you put Luke on Draymond Green, maybe? I don't know. These, these are the back and forth things that you'll see in a playoff series that makes it fascinating to me. Um, but another thing... 
How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. In terms of the Warriors on offense, kind of piggybacking off of what I just said with Luka defensively, what... What does Kid do with the Mavericks defensively against, uh, you know, capable of being high-scoring offense in Golden State? I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kid go some zone, some boxing one type stuff. Get creative. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's probably. I don't know, probably stating the obvious, but the most important player. I still go, we'll go X Factor. X Factor for Golden State, I have to say, is probably Jordan Poole. Not going out on, you know, too big of a limb there, but we'll have to see. Western Conference Finals now. He is one of the inexperienced players on the team but you know can his production carry over when the pressure gets turned up just a little bit more you know will he feel comfortable in the moment will it get to him that that's going to be a key for them because like i said before he's a guy if thompson or curry struggle one game pool is going to have to pick up production and other side for the Mavericks, X Factor for them. I want to say perimeter shooting. So if I'm going to say that, that points to either Finney Smith, Bullock. We'll go Bullock. Um, well, I guess we'll just go both Bullock and Finney Smith. So we know Golden State's going to throw whatever they can at Luka, try to slow down his production. And Bullock and Finney Smith, when they get open looks, whether in the corner, well, most likely in the corner, because Dallas uh, seems to find ways to get a guy open in one of the short corners for three. So their ability to knock down shots is going to come to play here. Because it's definitely going to be, you know, most likely... A couple of games in this series that's probably going to be really high scoring. But, um, I'm trying to think. I'm sure you want to hear my prediction. 
I've been going back and forth on this one because I could paint scenarios where I see Dallas winning this one. And I could do the same for Golden State. I think I'm going to go Golden State. And I'm going to go with them in... Uh, let's go six. It's going to be a hard fought six games. It's going to be really exciting. But I'm going to go Golden State in six to beat the Mavericks. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at this Eastern Conference Finals. We have the Celtics in the Heat. Uh, this one could very easily be the same as Celtics Bucks two very physical teams I think the coaching matchup is is better in this one as I said earlier in the episode not big on Budenholzer but uh, Spolstra you have to respect what he's done in Miami for a while now uh, he's created a culture down there he's you know good X's and O's something that we've seen you know, Ime Yudoka B with the Celtics, but um, hmm. so for me, I want to see between Rob Williams and Kyle Lowry, which are the two guys that are in the rotation for both teams that are banged up right now. Will either one of them play? You know any role in this series any type of will the, either one be any factor in this series I'm leaning more towards Rob Williams I think with Kyle Lowry being an older player and dealing with a hamstring I believe yeah that, that's that's something that could linger for a while so we might see something where he maybe plays a game sits a game plays a game I don't know because, like I said, hamstrings can be fine one minute in the game. Next minute, you feel something back there. So, we'll have to see. Rob was available for Game 7 against Milwaukee. They ultimately didn't use him, which I'm fine with because they didn't really need to use him. But he's going to be... He's going to be... He's, he will be needed against Miami to throw a body at Adebayo. Or, you know, get into his role where he kind of roams in kind of like a center field type role on defense. That way he can contest shots at the rim. He can, you know, flare out to guys in the corners or whatever and contest those shots. You know, help to clean up the boards because we saw this matchup a few years ago in the bubble. And, I mean, we know Adebayo's a menace on the glass. Kyle Lowry, if he plays, he's a he's a good rebounder for a point a uh, point guard. We know Butler can rebound, so, so yeah, uh, be interesting uh, for the Celtics. Like I said, Rob Williams can give them that pick and roll lob threat at the rim. Um, I mean, that's his main thing offensively. He can create second shot opportunities being around the glass for offensive rebound opportunities or you know one of those where you just tip it out and get a second possession that way that's going to be 
a key for them. Uh, X-Factors uh, for the Celtics, I would go with... I mean, we'll be interested to see Grant Williams' role in the, all of this. Uh, let's say Robert Williams isn't available to go uh, early in the series, like game one, maybe. Does Ime stick with putting Grant in the starting lineup? Uh, does he go with Derek White starting lineup? Because they did see in the Bucks series that when they go small and have the lineup with Derek White in it, actually pretty effective. And see, I don't know, because as I'm saying all this, I'm trying to think of a prediction in my head as well. But um, yeah, so Grant Williams, X Factor for the Celtics. I mean, in the flow of the offense, can they create more open shots for Williams on the perimeter? Uh, he shot what forty-one percent during the regular season. Uh, I mean, Game Seven against Milwaukee, he shot what seven for eighteen. So, you know, that's slightly well, not slightly. I mean, it's below five hundred, but that's you know above. That's but yeah, it's above forty percent. So, uh, that's really good for a series. Well, especially a game when you shoot eighteen of them. But um, I mean, for Miami. I mean, paying attention to Tyler Hero because uh, I know that he's a guy that can sway this series one way or the other. If he continues to struggle as he has during this regular, during the sorry, during the playoffs run so far, the Heat are going to really struggle. If he can regain that form that got him the Sixth Man of the Year trophy, then Miami's going to be will feel definitely better about themselves winning this series. Um, my initial thoughts I'm going Celtics in 6 I mean I picked them in 6 against I think I picked them in 6 both series so far against, Brook, against Brooklyn which is wrong they swept that one and then against the Bucks which is wrong because they got that one in 7 but I'm going to go ahead Celtics in 6 again so just to recap Celtics in 6 and Warriors in six. But, um, let me see. So, yeah, so quickly, uh, I did talk about Chris Paul a little bit. Didn't really get the chance to talk about James Harden, but I was kind of out of sight, out of mind at this point with him, so I'm not even going to worry about that. Hmm. But um, both conference finals, I think, sh are going to be great. You're going to see two different styles in between the two conference finals. East, Heat, Celtics. Definitely will be a drag them out. You know, defensive battle both ways there. I'm expecting the Western Conference series to be more free-flowing, more open. Well, most likely will probably be the higher scoring series of the two but I think both should be entertaining so I'm pretty sure every day it's going to be alternating between the two so start Tuesday with the East 
We get game one of the Western finals Tuesday. Then you get back to East Wednesday. So it's going to be fun either way. And I think that's all I got for this one. Um, I will say that these playoffs have been a joy to watch. Uh, we're getting new players. We're getting new teams, seeing new coaches. It's just all around a nice, nice change of pace, you know. Because looking at the four teams, you know, you got Luka leading the Mavericks. You have Tatum leading the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics have been the conference finals was it for the last six years, but this seems like their best chance to break through and get to the finals with this group that they've had. And How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Golden State is the most experienced team left, I would say. And they're looking to regain uh, the glory. And I can't say glory years because it was like a few years ago when KD was there and you know won a couple of rings. Probably their best chance in the past couple of years for them to get back there as well. And Miami is another team that you can look at kind of like Boston where, you know, the group that they have has been together. Well, at least pieces of the group have been together for a, while, a little bit now. And after uh, coming up short in the bubble, yeah, because they lost that one to the Lakers in the finals. If, if they don't get it done this season, I think there'll be some questions about whether or not Miami will get back there with this Butler hero. Well, Oladipo and Lowry are new, so that could bring a different aspect to the team. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. And, of course, let me know what you think about the two series. But, um... Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything I missed in the two matchups. I don't think so. So, yeah, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So let me know, like I said, let me know what you think about the conference finals. Who do you have? Um, I guess at this point, ultimately making it to the finals. And... I guess one last thing. Now that we're down to the final four, I guess who are the four? I guess ranking the best player from each team. Who do I have the most confidence in? I guess or who who's the best player left in the playoffs? I guess we'll say that's the last thing I'll do. So, to me, four teams, four players that have to be in the running, one from each. So you're looking at Luca. Steph, 
Tatum and Butler, I guess, for Miami. So looking at those four, I would probably go Butler four. Not really a knock on him, because I mean, I, I've never been one to say Jimmy Butler's a superstar. But he is a star in this league. You know, he's a guy who, I guess you could say, fringe, all-NBA player. He probably won't be on the first team, probably not the second team. But he'll be a factor in third-team all-NBA. What's keeping me from putting him higher is... There are times where he can be easy to forget on the court. It's not as much in the reg in the postseason as he kind of does that in the regular season, but he's going to be tough. He's going to have a game you'll watch. He'll put up like 35, you know, drag the heat to the finish line in the fourth quarter, and then he could have a game where, you know, He's got like 10 points. He's taken like six, seven shots. And you're wondering why hasn't he taken over yet or something like that. So I'll go with him. Four. I'm going to go. God, the top of this is tough. F three, like I said, it's close to these top three, but I'm gonna go Steph three, and <clears throat> that's only because I guess because from watching Golden State in these playoffs so far, there have there's been quite a few games where Steph has kind of struggle to find his shot and I, mean, I don't know I mean Dallas played better defense than I thought they were capable of against Phoenix but listen to Pat Beverly you know game planning for Phoenix isn't that hard but um be just interesting to see how it carries over against Golden State, which is a much different team. Well, I guess only because maybe margin of error a little bit for Steph is a little bit lower because if he struggles offensively, it might be harder to hide Steph defensively against Dallas because I don't think there's any like good matchup for him defensively because you wouldn't put him on Luka maybe you can have probably have to stick him on Bullock or Finney Smith that could create issues because Finney Smith is a guy who can you know is a bit of a slasher whereas Bullock kind of stands in the corner for the most part but <sighs> yeah I'm gonna go step three that's tough I mean I, I am a step fan so now one and two let's go with I 
I'll go Tatum too. And I'm will probably be more because yes, Tatum is the best player in the Celtics, and he shoulders a lot of the scoring duty. We know he plays the same brand of defense as everybody else on the floor for the Celtics. When needed, he's a much improved playmaker for Boston. I would like to see against Miami him maybe get into his playmaking bag a little bit more. Because like I said, it's an underrated part of his game and it's something he's actually really good at. Um, he's, you know, he's worked on it because much like with any change at the top with the coaching, you know, it takes time to change the philosophy. So Emei's gotten Tatum, Brown, those guys more into, um, you know, taking some of the ISO game out of their bag and putting more playmaking, quick decision slash mentality get to the rim type stuff so without a Brooke Lopez or a Giannis waiting to, waiting for them at the rim you have Bam Adebayo who's a really good rim protector but we'll see how efficient those two can be getting to the rim in this series and that leaves Luka for one or because I mean it seems like Luca's on a heater right now where you can pencil him in for 35 and feel very confident in that. And he, I mean, he probably shoulders m much more of the offensive burden than Tatum does. Because it's coming to him to score early, which can then free up some space for the other guys on Dallas. Because if he gets going, you'll start maybe seeing Golden State run a double team at him. Then at that point, it's going to be a decision making for him. And, you know, guys like Brunson, Bullock, Finney Smith to hit open shots when they get him. So there we are. Now I'm, I'm done breaking down these two matchups. Um, can't wait. Tuesday to see uh, my Celtics against the Heat and like I said, picking the Celtics at 6 hoping for them to get some revenge off the bubble year where it looked like the Celtics might go to the finals to face the Lakers at that point which, you know, we know about the story between those two franchises but um, I'm anxious to see how the Eastern Conference goes I'll just say that, so but now I can say, let me know what you think about the finals, who you have coming out of the East and the West, who do you think is the best player left in the playoffs, and have you enjoyed watching the playoffs as much as I have so far? Uh, so, as I end each episode, of course, I gotta say, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, which I hope you did, you can go ahead and like subscribe share follow me over on twitter at chopping podcast um like the facebook page chopped at the bit if you want to uh got a youtube channel it's under me so you just you know search kyle edwards and then you'll see 
all the episodes there you know still audio form and you know that's how you consume your podcast you can definitely go there and the show's available wherever you do listen to podcasts so make sure you you know do all that i said before like subscribe share all the good stuff really help me out and try to grow the audience community hopefully get some more interaction with you guys but um something i'm slowly working towards but uh be safe out there of course uh god bless you know make sure you you know enjoy yourself uh have a good day and i'll catch you next episode all right i'm out This episode is made possible by PwC. Invest in a cooler future and be part of the climate solution. Critical challenges require critical thinking, and that's why ESG is part of the new equation. Learn more at the newequation.com.